Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of All Queued Up. You're not, you're, you're, the wonderful start to this podcast. We review podcasts to streaming services like HBO Max, Amazon Prime, Netflix, etc., etc. I'm your host, Greg Dietz. With me always is Maya Don Fisher. How's your week been? Had a really good week. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Really, really good week. Uh, we'll see. Played uh, D&D Monday. Uh, we had fun with that. Very no, calm. I know the session, our Monday session prior to that, we had, it was very role play heavy, no combat. This Monday was the complete opposite. It was almost all combat. Not much role play, but a little bit. Good job on, you know, getting on the mom and then watching her fall and break her leg. Uh, look, look, I, that- I didn't forget about the pit. My problem was is that we went towards the pit, and I asked if they needed to make any checks towards the pit, and you said yes. And everyone had already made it over the pit. Somehow this became my fault. It was funny. It was funny. (laughs) I mean, if it's my character's fault, hilarious, and I'm not complaining. Oh, no, no. I mean, it's totally not your fault. It's the character's fault, exactly. That's what's (laughs) hilarious about it. Yeah, my character's meant to be a folly, so it works out. Um, then, of course, you know, playing on Tuesday evening uh, with Andy and Mark and introducing Andy's son into playing, and he had a blast. That was a lot of fun, uh, which I needed to practice that because I don't know if I announced it last week, uh, but there's a convention in my area that is happening the first week of September, first weekend in September, the third and the fourth called RobCon. Uh, it's been around for, you know, 30 years, roughly. Uh, I've never actually been to it before, but they put out an announcement that they were looking for people to uh, run tabletop games. Like we need dungeon masters, we need game masters, and, you know, we need people this and that. So I emailed them. and they contacted me back and they said, well, we're not actually handling it. This gaming store uh, is. And I had just learned of the gaming store a couple weeks prior when I was leaving my therapist's office and saw it. And I was like, oh, that's new. That's awesome. I'll have to check that place out sometime. So I hit them up, you know, taking a chance. And they're like, actually, we do need people. So they have giving me a shot they're letting me uh i'm gonna be dming a uh, a campaign it's a one shot at robcon that weekend which is fucking awesome i'm excited i can't wait uh so we did a practice run and we were able to do it in under four hours uh which is you know i've got a three and a half hour time slot to do this in so i think i'll be able to get it done no problem uh been painting a lot of minis uh you know still working on that big cloud giant but i also started working on a couple of others because i can rotate between pieces um got a just before we started recording got my dungeon delivered uh so i can't wait to crack that open after we get done check it out yeah you have to send me pictures oh absolutely Absolutely. So yeah, things are coming together for RobCon and that and, you know, doing the painting and playing copious amounts of Dungeons and Dragons and having a good time. Uh, I tried, man. I tried to tell you, like, because you were very upset that that we stopped roughly a year ago um, because of unfortunate circumstances. And you were like, I spent all this money. Like, I'm thinking about just selling everything. I was like, wait. I swear to you, it'll come back. I swear to you, we'll play. And now we just play more than ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the circumstances that led to that were not the best. Um, but... <clears throat> those who wait. Yeah. Yeah, and getting a lot of use out of it, and I'm really happy, and my local comic shop uh they have now that my wednesday nights are free where i'm no longer doing figure banging 
Um, my Wednesday nights are always free now, so seeing as how we shifted our regular game night to Tuesday nights instead of Wednesdays, they're about to have a spot open up uh, for a D&D session that's up there every week in the evenings, so I'm going to start playing in that next month as an actual player instead of dungeon mastering, so that'll be a nice change. Uh, so yeah, yeah, lots of good things happened this week. How's your week been? Uh, partially stressful. Um, I'm not going to get into it on the podcast, but I, I kind of told Maya before we started, like a lot of the stress that I've been having because of you know uh, basically losing our car. Um, I'm now technically unemployed, so there's a lot of stuff that's coming from that. But, um. In between that nonsense, it's it's not been too bad. Uh, I have uh, Cult of the Lamb, which I don't know if I had that last week when we recorded. I don't think I did. No, no, you got it this week. Yeah, because I think it came out Friday. Um, it has been so much fun. Um, if you don't know what Cult of the Lamb is, let me pull up a picture that I have on my phone because I fucking love this game. Um Find it. Oh, nope, that's that's that Donatello pop I want. Oh, Jesus Christ, girl, come on. Um, so the best way that I can describe this game is it's it is a hack and slash roguelike meets Animal Crossing with cutesy characters, all in the guise of building a cult. <laughs> It's going to so, be awesome. So those big ugly motherfuckers in the in the background are um, they are demon gods. They are they are not good people or good. I don't know whatever. And in the beginning of the game, your little lamb is uh, 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 sacrificed to these gods. However. What these gods do not anticipate uh, is that your spirit gets taken to a fifth god. And this fifth god tells your lamb, I can, I can bring you back to life, but you must serve me with obedience. You must, you must build a cult in my name and take out the other four gods. None have been able to accomplish this goal before you, so you know this task is high. Uh, you you agree to it, and um, you go through your first. I'm going to call it a dungeon, right? Now, whether you get to the end and beat the boss or die does not matter, because right after that, you are then put into a little area in which you need to build your village. That then you will build a cult. <laughs> And managing the cult and managing that kind of stuff is straight up Animal Crossing. It is... I mean, there's no other way to put it. You manage crops, you manage the houses and where to put things, you, you make sure that everyone's happy, everyone is, is obedient and, 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 and praying to your God. Uh, when you get new followers, you have to tell them what to do. Um, uh they will age and they will die. You can also, when you do, when you do sermons, you can do rituals and rituals range from sacrificing people to your God. Um, there, there, there's, uh, you can give everybody a day off. You can force everybody to be more obedient. Um, you can like, there's a, there's a bunch of side characters and stuff. I, I it's, it's amazing. Like I've probably put about 30 hours into it and I'm not, I'm not finished. Like I, and it, it was it was not that expensive. Like twenty. Yeah, it's only twenty five dollars. Yeah, twenty five dollars, and it's got a lot of content. If um, if you've ever played a game called Hades, Hades is an amazing roguelike, mainly because its story is so fucking well done. But Hades is a top down, maybe isometric style dungeon crawler, right? Um, you are not strong enough to get through it properly. You will die a lot, but dying is not a bad thing 
because you keep almost everything that you that you find on your journey. The only thing you lose is there's a currency that matters in the dungeons, and you lose that. But everything else you keep with you. But here's the kicker of Hades. When you die and you go back to the main area where all like the characters are, um, everybody like the story will advance. The story will continue as you as you like die. Because you because you technically can't die. You're the son of Hades. You can't die. But you can you know. I don't know. You die, but you you're resurrected in that in that pool, that you know, because you're God or demigod, so sort of something. Anyway, it's dope. It's dope. It's a dope fucking game. And even after you beat the game, like there's a main goal for Haiti or for for um, uh, what the hell's his name? Everyone calls him Zag. It's like Zagoras or something like that. But anyway, his main goal is to find his mom. He doesn't know who his mom is, and I won't spoil that for you. But I will tell you, you eventually do find your mom. The game goes, but you still need to continue playing because there's more to do. Like, Hades is, Hades is awesome. And the reason I use Hades as an example for Cult of the Lamb is that I know that even after you finish the main quest of the game, you still there's get still to play. There's still a bunch of shit going on. So, $25 for a lot of content. So, I'm really digging it. Um, plus, like, you know, always playing Fall Guys and enjoying the shit out of that. Because that's my, that's my go-to chill-out game. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. When I'm, when I'm all stressed out from whatever the fuck I got going on, pop over onto that. But also, um, I have watched the South Park fucking 25th anniversary concert twice now. That thing is amazingly fun to watch oh speaking of wonderful things to watch i watched the uh series finale of better call Saul tuesday morning I, i'm gonna it aired monday night oh. i'm gonna try to start that soon love that show so much and by start i mean start on season one because i haven't watched an episode of that show yeah not entirely true i watched like the first <clears> five <throat> episodes when it first came out but i don't remember what the fuck happened yeah yeah and this is the sixth and final season that just aired. So, the first five the first five seasons are on Netflix. So, yeah, it'll be easy to get caught up to that point. Well, caught up with everything else I got going on. Yeah, because I I also like I'm trying to catch up with uh, see the the third campaign of Critical Role because I'm like five episodes behind since I stop being able to DoorDash and just listen to podcasts while I'm working. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, yeah, other than, other than those things, like, I don't know. That's it. Like, it's all I had this week. Just all that, all that stuff and copious amounts of stress. So anyway, all right, everybody. So, Let's go ahead and move on from that. Uh, we have three things we're reviewing today. Um, a uh, We're going to be reviewing uh, She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, uh, Day Shift on Netflix, and I Am Groot, a series of small shorts. And we're going to start with I Am Groot. Um, I guess the best way to explain I Am Groot is it takes place when Groot is, I would say, between like just getting out of the pot from the first movie to like the beginning of, of guardians two. Like that's how it have to like place it. Yeah. Yeah. Because that one episode, the one short is actually him first getting out of the pot and realizing, Oh, Hey, I can walk. Right. So it's like, most of it takes place in the uh, the Benatar, since the Milano's gone by the end of the first movie. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I have a weird like structured timeline in my head of like all the, all the movies. Um, 
not that it ultimately matters about when it takes place because all the shorts are about like toddler groups is how I'm going to put it. Not yeah. baby group, but toddler group. Yeah, it's definitely a toddler. Um, and these things, there's five of them. And they are, when we say shorts, they are short, like five minutes and 20 seconds on the average. And that's including two minutes of credits. So you're looking at about a three minute watch time on each one. I literally watched all five of them in under 20 minutes. The uh, 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 Baymax series is longer. And those are all shorts as well. Uh but I enjoyed it. I thought it was I thought it was fun, cute little thing that they did. It was very cute. It doesn't add anything to the MCU by any fucking measure, but it's no, no. Uh, but if you've got a half an hour to spare and you're a fan of the character, uh, definitely check it out. I don't want to spoil anything because they're so short. It would just about yeah, yeah, 100%. just about ruin it to tell you what they are. Yeah. I mean, I think if you're an adult and you're on your own, like it might not be your cup of tea. I have a friend who loves the MCU, but had a really hard time getting into Miss Marvel because that entire show is about a teenage girl doing, you know, uh, besides the superhero stuff, she's still being a teenage girl. Yeah. And he just had a really hard time watching it because of that. And uh, um, I understand that. I feel like he'd have a hard time watching I Am Group for the same reason. Like it's, it's a series of shorts meant for kids, straight yeah, up. Absolutely. So if you have kids, definitely sit down and watch it with your kids. If your kids are fan of the character, um, you know, uh, it's just there's not much else you can say about it, really. No, it's cute. It's 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 short. It's fun. I think if you're an adult and you also want to watch something cute, there you go. You got I Am Groot. There's that as well. But, uh, but yeah, let's go ahead and give a grade to it and move on because there's really there's really not much to say on this one. No, no, there's not much. And all five of them together, I'd give them, you know, I'd, I'd give them a B plus. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go with a B plus as well. Uh, the best one to me is the one that Rocket was in. Yeah. Because you actually have interaction with Groot, um, you know, something to bounce off of. But yeah, other than that, I, you know, there's not much too, too much to say. It's animated beautifully well. Uh, they're amusing. They're cute. It's fun. Good way to kill a half an hour. Yep. Yep. I agree. Uh, also, weird thing about it, uh, we mentioned it before we were recording, but. There, it's not in like all the Baymax episodes are under like one thing that says Baymax, and then you go into it and you see all all five or six episodes, right? Mm-hmm. Not with not with I am group. Yeah, that was weird. They're not structured together, and it's just like, oh, you may also enjoy, and then down below it shows all the Guardians movies, and then all the I am group shorts. Yeah, it's like, it's really why weird. did they do it like that? I don't know, but I was like, I was like, because I, I we played them out of order on accident because we didn't know. So when you watch it, keep that in mind. Like they're gonna, you might have them out of order or whatever because they're not structured in the right in the way that you would normally think they would be. Doesn't really matter though. No. But because I feel like the one where he gets out of the pot is the first one. Yeah, and then you can watch the others. Like in any order, and it wouldn't matter. I would argue that the, the the one with rockets, the last one, yeah, in order. But other than that, like it, but it still doesn't ultimately matter. It really, really doesn't. All right, well, let's go ahead and move on to Day Shift on Netflix, starring Jamie Fox and the fuck said the guy's name? Dave Franco. Dave Franco. Thank you. Um. Well, do you have a synopsis for us, Maya? It's a movie. Well, I think we understand where Maya stands on this movie. <laughs> it's definitely a movie. Uh, people acted in it. Oh, um, boy. Jamie Foxx plays a vampire hunter named Bud Jablonski, 
who his cover when he's hunting vampires is a pool cleaner. Um, basically, he's trying to keep his job as a vampire hunter hidden from his estranged wife and his daughter. Uh, and in the beginning of the movie, after we see him on a successful hunt, he picks his daughter up from school. He's late. He takes her home. His wife hits him with, I'm selling the house. I'm moving to Florida. And they live in California. Uh, moving she and I to Florida to live with my mother. And he says, no. She says, she can't afford to keep going to her school, so I'm going to move. And he says, how much do you need? And you know, oh, we also need braces. I was like, okay, what is that, five, six hundred bucks? She's like, try six thousand. So basically she hits him with, I need ten thousand dollars. He says, give me till Monday. So he has to rejoin the vampire union, which you find out he had been, vampire hunting union, you find out he had been kicked out of. Uh, yeah, it's a movie. Well, tell me how you really feel about it, Maya, because I didn't think it was that bad. It's 114 minutes of that I won't get back of my life. <laughs> oh, man. So, Maya's not wrong. The plot is very, very simple and basic. Uh, there's nothing special to write home when it comes to the plot of this movie. Uh, you've seen it before, you'll see, and, and you're seeing it again. Where I think the movie shines is in the comedy bits between Jamie Foxx and Dave Franco. Um, that stuff is genuinely entertaining. Um, the other thing that this movie does really well are its action sequences. Those are a fucking blast to watch. No, those were good. If you like Sam Raimi style action, I got a very evil dead feel from it. Just in the way the vampires moved and the... You know what? I didn't. You know who I got a vibe from watching it? Who's that? Uh, Robert Rodriguez. I can see that as well. Um, I can see that as well. The comedy and the way the vampires look reminded me so much of... of, um, From Dust Till Dawn? From Dust Till Dawn. I'll give you that. And Uh, the, uh, the, the vampires looked good. The vampires looked good. That, this it's not a total shit show. Uh, I don't think it's a shit show at all. I'll be honest with you, like it I'm was, not. I didn't hate it, but I'm never going to watch it again. For sure, absolutely. Um, I completely agree with you on that. Like it's. I might have been more upset if I paid $10 in the theater to see it. Oh, if I had paid money to see this in a theater, I'd be furious. I'd be raging. <laughs> I don't know about I don't know about that like that angry, but I would definitely would be like I would be angry talking. enough to kick a puppy. God damn. God damn. Not really. Not really. No, I mean <laughs> I've there's been movies I've come out of the theater and been angry that I actually went in and paid uh, money to see it. This would have been one of them. If I had paid to see this in a theater, I would have been angry coming out. Uh, As for, well, it's just included in your monthly Netflix price. Well, I've watched worse on Netflix. Yeah, we absolutely have, but I've watched far far better too i think something that really upsets me about people in netflix is that when netflix comes out with something that's bad it gets all the fucking press and people are like netflix is the worst fucking subscription service but then when they put out something that's fucking dynamite nobody talks about it like why the fuck aren't people praising netflix for allowing sandman to happen but no they'd rather shit on them for day for day shift or, you know, Cowboy Bebop or whatever. Which I really enjoyed Cowboy Bebop. It's, it's way better than people give her credit for, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Day Shift, Day Shift has its good... There's some good points. Uh, I, the dynamic between 
Jamie Foxx and Dave Franco, who uh, played Seth. The dynamics between Bud and Seth were pretty good. Uh, so Snoop Dogg's character, uh, Big John Elliott, Big John, he's like a legendary vampire hunter. Uh, he vouches for Bud to get back in the union to the head of the union, uh, Ralph Seeker. Um, Seeger reluctantly agrees to let him back in one final chance after he, you know, pulls out a binder that probably weighs the size of, probably weighs, you know, 15 pounds. It's like a, almost a 10 inch thick binder there of just violations after violations after violations on Bud's part. He's like, here's the condition though. You're going to have to have a union rep. You got to, Ooh, what was that? Sorry, I was I pulled something up on my phone and audio was still loud from playing that other stuff earlier. <laughs> oh, he's like you're going to have to have a union rep with you in the field at all times, and it turns out it's this little accountant, Dave Franco's character, Seth. Um, yeah. Like so I their said, dynamic was enjoyable. Yeah, I think. Um, I don't think anyone was necessarily a bad actor other than uh, Snoop Dogg the entire movie. And, and, and essentially, it was Snoop Dogg being Snoop Dogg. Which is... He did a better job playing Huggy Bear and Starsky and Hutch. I, 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 yeah, I'll give that to you, but it's... I don't know, man. Like, What I enjoyed about the movie was the... was the silliness of it. I think that's kind of like... I was like, oh, it's silly with some rad fight scenes. Like, that's what I enjoyed from it. Um, yeah. What I didn't like from it was that the plot was, like, stupid fucking easy. Yeah. Um, like, the plot feels like what a young 15-year-old boy would write for a project in school. That's the plot. That's he fair. loves vampires, and he loves, um, like, John Wick. So he's like, what if there was a, a group of vampire hunters that reported like that? That's that's my thought process behind it. Yeah. I don't think that's bad. It's definitely not great, but it's not bad. No, no. It's 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 not horrible. Uh, you know, and it's ambitious in in the fight scenes. Uh you know, there it's Okay, it's not. I'm trying to find something good to say. Uh, I, I I personally find it very funny that uh, I didn't think you were going to dislike it this much, but because we've been doing this podcast so long, I know when you're going to dislike something. And I knew you were not going to like this movie, but to this extent, I did not expect, and it's kind of making me laugh. <laughs> oh, that's fair. I, you know, I watched it yesterday evening and I was like, well, I want to paint. And it's like, well, I need to watch this movie because I haven't painted, you know, I've painted several days this week already. Let's go ahead and watch this movie. And I was like, God damn it. I could have read a synopsis and painted, but you know, that wouldn't be fair to what I'm supposed to do. So yeah, I watched it and it's just, was there anything I liked about it? Like genuinely liked I thought you were gonna like the the fight sequences, but I mean they were okay. I think I think my biggest pleasure about the movie was seeing Steve Howie as one of the Nazarian brothers. You know, the dude that played Kevin on uh, Shameless as one of the oh, yeah, yeah, Nazarian yeah. brothers. It's like, oh hey, it's Kevin. It's cool. Kevin Ball's kicking vampire ass. Um, well, there's some like really really stupid lines in the movie. Um, and uh, uh, a, a few of those come from the cutscene, or not cutscene, but it's cutscene. Like I'm talking about a fucking video game. Uh, the scene where they're fighting in that in that random house in the middle of the day, and it's like it's a hive, and then there are two. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Nazarian brothers are in there with them. Yeah. Okay, that's, that's what I thought you were doing. That scene was stupid but fun. I watched that scene with the same thought process that I watched the Fast and Furious movies with. Okay. And I think that's so my, might be that's why I enjoy it, this that's movie. What, that's what it takes to watch a Fast and the Furious movie? Oh, fuck. 
Well, that's the point. That's the point I've made this entire time about the Fast and the Furious movies. They're not good plots. They're kind of all over the place, but that's what their charm is. Like that to me is what makes them enjoyable is that they are not to be taken seriously and just to have fun with it. Um, and I think that's a part of what this movie was trying to be. Didn't fully succeed in that because they, I don't know. There are some moments that feel like they tried a little too hard with that. Yeah. Like, like it almost, it, it came across as somebody going, Hey, hey, yeah, you see what I did there? You see what I did there? And it's like, stop it, stop it. Let me just enjoy the movie. You don't have to do that. You don't have to try that hard. Um, but I think that's another issue that you could that I could see someone taking with the movie. It didn't bother me that much, but it's something I noticed is like I think Jamie Foxx went into this movie thinking he was making a good action comedy. Like, I think he went into this movie going, I need to bring my A-game to this. When in reality, he didn't have to. Yeah. And I think that's why it comes across as way more serious than it actually is trying to be. Because Dave Franco went into this going, this is a silly fucking movie. Yeah. And so I think the scenes between those two are are genuinely entertaining, but that's just because I think their chemistry works well. Um, yeah, they had good chemistry together. They really did. What killed but, me about Dave Franco's character, and I'm going to spoil something here. I don't think anyone cares. Yeah. <clears throat> he becomes a vampire halfway through the movie. He goes from this meek, timid, pisses himself every time he encounters a vampire character to all of a sudden when it comes to helping Bud uh, get his kidnapped family back from the head vampire and all their legions, um, he's doing this amazing fighting shit, you know, completely untrained and just doing all these flips and wonderful moves and acrobatic uh, feats. And just this, I was like, okay, I get that you're a vampire now and you're going to have the strength, but you're not going to have that finesse. You're just fucking not. Okay. I think you're, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Mike. I think you're overanalyzing that. bit. Oh, I know, but it just really pulled me out. I don't think there was ever a part of this movie that pulled me in. To be fair. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was just like, oh, come on. You know. Well, they, they, the they, they sort of address it. Like, he's surprised that he did that shit. Like, he was like, I, what? Like, he was like, I feel like that part was a little self-aware. Okay. But yeah, uh, it's, it's. I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. It's silly. It's, it's, it's confounded in the idea that. That, that that when you're when you get turned you're suddenly you know like i know that there's a ton of vampire stuff out there where somebody turns and suddenly they feel a thousand times better and are a thousand times stronger and faster and more agile um and uh in in the terms of dave franco's character it's like maya said suddenly he's he's doing all these moves and stuff but there's a moment where he looks back at uh, the the other girl that was like introduced late into the fucking movie, yeah. um, uh, and he's surprised by it. And I was like, okay, that's that acknowledgement that it's silly. That that's what that was for me anyway. Gotcha, uh, gotcha. But then there's so many fucking moments where like, I think that's where the movie I guess can throw somebody off, is that the movie goes. Oh, we're fucking silly. Bud just cut off his fucking head, and now he's still talking. He tries to attach it. Like, it comes across as, like, a fucking Joss Whedon joke from Buffy the Vampire Slayer kind of thing. And you're like, oh, okay, that's kind of funny. I get that. And then it just goes into, like, fucking serious again for no reason. Yeah. And you're like, okay, what are you trying to do here? Like, you gotta have, you gotta have a consistent theme. Yeah, pick a tone. Pick a tone, pick a stick with it. I think that could be where people 
you know, and I, I, I'm critiquing it in that regard because I'm giving the movie a B minus. I enjoyed it enough to to not have walked away going, oh, that was a waste of my time. But it's definitely, like Maya said, not something I want to watch again. It's not something that I think is worth my time a second time around. Had I never seen the movie, I wouldn't be for the better or for the worse. Yeah. I'm going to give it a D. <laughs> yeah, all right. It's it's dull. Uh, you know, it's... It's um, taste are certainly subjective. <laughs> taste are subjective. Yes, I agree. Uh, you know, from a from an objective standpoint, it's shot well. It looks good. The effects are good. You know, the acting is fine. Surprisingly enough, the CGI is actually really well done. Yeah, yeah, but the script is shaky at best. Uh, the dialogue is cringy in moments. Um, so like I said, it's it's, a, it's written by a fifteen year, a sixteen year old, I'll go sixteen year old, who was really, really, really into vampires and read a ton of vampire books. Yeah, yeah. It's just um, <clears throat> wasn't my thing. And you know, I enjoy a good vampire movie. Um, it's been a while since I've seen one now. You're fucking sass master general over here, and I'm loving it. I do think that Peter Stormare, I love Peter Stormare. Underutilized uh, this movie. Underutilized criminally in this movie, and, you know, he could have been, he could have had a better part. I think that's the other thing that's so funny about this movie, too, is that other than other than the the other than Snoop Dogg, there was it's just filled with good actors, actors that have that are prestigious in their fields and what they do. Oh, but... the one guy that was from Dark was in this movie. Who? The guy. That... Oh, oh yeah, yeah. He was an Uber vamp. That's right. Oh, that's yeah. Right. I forgot. A fantastic actor who played that wonderful character on Dark and wasted in this. I think that you could have had cheaper actors for this movie, too. Oh, yeah. It would have been, it would have been the same thing. Oh, yeah. I'm not upset about Jamie Foxx and Dave, Dave Franco being in it, but... No, no, I'm not upset about anybody being in it with the exception of maybe, you know, Peter Stormare and... yeah. Oliver Masuki Masuchi as uh, the guy from Dark, but everybody else was fine. I like Dave Franco. I think you know, to me, he's he's an entertaining guy. It just sucks he's got a bit of a scumbag brother. <laughs> it was really funny. I thought, oh, you know, James Franco will come back to to acting when you know, like things cool down a bit and he maybe apologizes or does the appropriate things. Nope, nope, he's going to play a fucking uh, 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 a Cuban dictator. Neat. Dope. What? Homie? The fuck? He's going to double down on being a shithead. Got it. You heard about that, right? No, no. So, yeah, he's been cast as playing Fidel Castro. Oh, well. And uh, immediately, everyone was like, what the fuck? And then John Leguizamo, who we all love, came out and was just like, this is a fucking incredibly stupid decision and massively offensive. What the fuck are y'all thinking? Hmm. Yeah, so. <clears throat> uh, anyway, um, well, let's go ahead and move on to She-Hulk. Boy, we're speeding through this fucking episode. That's okay. That's fine by me. Um, so episode one of, of She-Hulk, which is going to be nine episodes, which is yep. a lot more than we've normally gotten from Disney with their shows. But anyway. Yeah, they've, they've usually done about six episode arcs, but this one's nine. Um, so this episode was an origin story, more or less. And... An entertaining one. 
I'm glad you liked it. I wasn't sure how you were going to feel about it because it's it's massively silly and and comedic. It is, but it was also marketed that way, and it's also how the comics have been presented uh, largely since the turn of the century. Correct. 100% correct. Um, you know, she, she breaks the fourth wall. Uh, you know, which she does a couple of times. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the show is center, center around, centers around Jennifer Walters and her complicated life as a single attorney in her 30s who also happens to be a six foot seven inch green superhero She Hulk. Uh, it's not, you know, nothing complicated about it, but she, uh, in the first episode, you see her preparing for a trial and her friend's like, you know, you can always Hulk out. And she's like, no, no. Uh, and then she's like, oh yeah, I'm a Hulk. Here's how that happened, you know, directly to the camera. And she's like, it all started when I took a road trip with my cousin, Bruce. And, you know, you see this flashback of her and Bruce Banner, a.k.a. the Hulk, uh, going on a trip somewhere, and this Sakarian spaceship just all of a sudden comes down in their path in the road and is hovering there, and she wrecks the car. Uh, he is in human form because of some prototype device that's biometrically keyed to his DNA that keeps him in human form, and keeps him from hawking out as a result he receives injuries they're both bleeding his blood intermingles with her blood when she is pulling him out of the car uh boom she's got gano blood now good quick way to work around the whole blood transfusion angle from the comics yeah that was uh, i was really happy to see that because if you don't know in the comics um uh, for any listeners she she gains her 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 powers from a blood transfusion from Bruce because they're the only compatible blood type. And um, I wasn't sure how they're going to do it for the MCU because you have less time in a show or a movie than you do in a comic book. Yeah. So um, I, I was okay with it. I thought it was fine. Uh, we've oh, established, yeah. we've established in the MCU that, uh, a drop of his blood contains so much gamma radiation that it can kill a person. Yes, that has been established. And in fact, uh, you know, almost immediately she hulks out. Yeah. And then she, it shows her waking up and she's like in the woods. She's disoriented. She has no idea where she is. Goes into a bar uh, to try to get cleaned up in the restroom these girls come in, they're like, help her out and everything. She goes outside. She's waiting for Bruce to come and pick her up. Uh, some, some douchebags start hitting on her. She hulks out, blacks out again, wakes up. She's in some very nice beach hut in Mexico that happens to have a basement lab. And that's where smart Hulk is because he no longer has the um, biometric regulator thing prototype that was on his arm. Right. Um, he's like, oh, hey, I'm glad you're up. And he says, this is my little hideaway. And he's like, Tony built it for me. Uh, he says, you took a lethal dose of gamma radiation. She's like, what? lethal what he's like no no here's the thing let me finish and he's like i've been running tests on your blood come to find out you and i have these rare genetic factors that let us metabolize gamma radiation so you're now a hulk and the first minute or the first minute the first episode is largely focused on him teaching her how to be a hulk and yeah. the uh, things that he's showing her and the things that she's doing and she's doing it impressively well on her first attempts and the fact that 
she can change at will. She learns that she can change at will uh, and can control it. And she doesn't have a savage persona in there battling with her regular self leads to him becoming jealous. Uh, we see a, a, an interesting dynamic play out between them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, highly enjoyable first episode. Yeah, really a, a lot of fucking fun. Just a lot of goddamn fun. Um, a lot of quick quips and, and, and uh, jokey bits, but it was all within the story. I think that's the... I don't know how to put it this way. That's the distinction between like, I think that's why She-Hulk was one of my favorite characters uh, when I found out about her was because her entire story isn't taken that seriously. Yes, she does superhero from time to time, but she's mainly a fucking lawyer. Yeah. And this show shows that. Like Bruce is trying to show her the ropes on becoming a superhero. She makes it adamant. She's like, I don't want to be a superhero. I want to be a lawyer. I want to. I want to be a lawyer, especially since I've spent so much of my fucking time trying to become a lawyer, and massive amounts of debt from the loans trying to become a lawyer. She brings yeah. that up. Um, he's like, you can't go back to your old life, and she's like, why not? And she shows. She shows that she has control over it, and he begrudgingly says, all right, if you want to go back to being a lawyer, I respect that. Which she turns to the camera. He doesn't mean it, and he just looks at her. He's like, what? <laughs> so there's there's a brief moment, and I hope they, they show this in the show uh, later, but her fourth wall breaking is an actual superpower she has, uh, in the comics anyway. It's um, like her and Deadpool have meta... Uh, Meta powers, essentially, that yeah. they can, because but the difference is like, if you notice, she looks at the camera, says he doesn't mean that, looks away confused, and then looks back, and to me that said she doesn't understand how she's doing this. Hmm. So, I don't know, like they might not address it; it might just be a thing, and that's fine. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm like, I'm fucking stoked. Did you Did you stay for the after credits? I did. I did. It's a great <laughs> fucking joke. Hilarious. I, I got a hearty chuckle out of that. Uh, there's a lot of people I've seen on on Twitter like upset at that joke because they're just like, um, how is a man's like virginity a fucking comedic joke? And it's like that's not the point of the joke. That's not where the comedy of it came from. Because her her straight man, the entire scene, is telling her that it doesn't matter. And then the end of that that post credit scene, like it accomplishes what the joke was trying to do. And I'm just like, people, you gotta understand how comedy works, y'all. <laughs> yeah. But um yeah, I'm. I'm gonna give this first episode an A plus. I really fucking enjoyed it. I, I I might be a little biased because I'm a massive, well not massive, but I'm a big She-Hulk fan. Shulky was like something I fucking absolutely wanted to read all the time when I found out about her because I I loved how she was written. You know, she 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 was still a superhero, but she wanted to be more than that, and I I loved that. Um, why she's not one of my favorite, like, like when I when people ask me, like, who's your favorite? I don't know why she doesn't pop into my head, and it's like and until someone mentions her that I'm like, oh yeah, fuck she, is, fuck she was amazing. But um, yeah, I fucking I'm I'm stoked the show exists, and I can't wait for more. Yeah, I'm very excited uh, to see more. I uh, I don't know. Um, I don't see any reason why it shouldn't get an A plus. I mean, there. It was highly enjoyable. The CGI, it looks like they've cleaned it up since that early trailer. I just uh, hope that their CGI artists aren't being overworked. Yeah, that's what I'm worried about. Uh, but an enjoyable uh, enjoyable story. Uh, you know, I'm looking forward to more. You know, and hey, it's uh, got a female showrunner. So that's always a positive thing. Yeah. 
didn't she do something here recently? Her her name mm. reminded me of something. Um, let me look it up. Oh, she Hulk attorney at law. I think she actually wrote the episode Pickle Rick on Rick and Morty. She's worked uh, on Silicon Valley, Robot Chicken, The Mighty Bee, Back at the Barnyard, Star Wars Detours, Kung Fu Panda, Legends of Awesomeness. Uh, is she the showrunner or just head writer? No, head she writer. is. She she. Well, the series has been created by her, so I'm assuming she's the showrunner. I hope so. That'd be odd if she wasn't. Yeah, she's head she's writer. Done- She's done uh, a few episodes of Rick and Morty, uh, but she was responsible for the Pickle Rick episode, which people crack me up because that that entire episode is way more than just uh, Rick turning into a pickle. Yeah. Like, the comedy from that episode is not him being a pickle, but whatever. The fucking fans have made this show made that show look like a piece of shit, and it drives me nuts. Then again, say that about any franchise, really. But yeah, hey, Sea Hulk, Turning It Law. If you're a Marvel fan, check it out. It's quite enjoyable. Uh, it's it's a breath of fresh air, something different that you don't normally that you. It's like, think a family-friendly version of Deadpool, I guess, with the fourth wall breaking in that regard. They did have a few things in the episode that I thought were, like, pushing that fucking boundary. Yeah, yeah. Like, in all the advertisements, when she gets shoved off the cliff by Bruce, because he's jealous, um, uh, she gives him the middle finger. And I kept seeing like the first time I saw that it was in it was the first trailer and they blurred it. And then in every sub, sub, uh, sub, this, subsequent every subsequent trailer after that, they just don't show it. It's just not part of it. She gets shoved off the cliff, starts to fall, and they cut before the middle finger comes off. And then I was like, oh man, did they cut that? Was it too much? And they straight up have it in the show, unblurred. And she gets back up to the top, and she's like, "That was a dick move." (laughs) Which I was like, "I was like, I was like, did they just say that?" Like, I because that's the thing. Disney wants all their stuff to be super family friendly. So the fact that this is like skirting that fucking TVTA line, or not TA? What is it? T for teen? Just is it T for teen? No. What the fuck is it? TB thirteen. Thirteen. Yeah, it's skirting that line. I was like, all right, I'm down with it. I'm I'm fucking hundred percent into this. And, and that's the thing. She-Hulk's comics are a little bit more adult than the other stuff. So I'm kind of glad they're doing that as well. Like, that Disney's letting them have, like, that's great. Let's do this. Let's keep going. And then, of course, the the last shot, the, the, the post credit scene. That was hilarious. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's got to wait a week, unfortunately. So is it going to be released on Wednesdays or Thursdays? Thursdays. So we're going to be recording on Thursdays for the for the foreseeable future until this show's yeah. done. Oh, that's uh, okay. It's not a problem. I'll double check that actually because they might move it to th- to Wednesdays. I don't know. Um, I don't know what was the point of moving it to Thursdays. Like I thought that was a little odd. Show me the episode. Nope, Thank it's you. it's Thursdays. Yeah, that's fine. Mm. Mm. It's really funny. My dad was like, "Who is that girl at the end?" I'm like, "Titania, Titania, Titania, Titania." Yeah. And he's like, "Who is that?" I'm like, "A sort of villain. <laughs> Not a very like effective villain, but." You know, minor at best. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, that's that's it, and that's all. Go watch She Hulk. Uh, the other two things you can skip, and it's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you ain't missing out. Uh, next week for us, it's going to be another episode of She Hulk. Obviously, we're going to be watching that for the foreseeable future. And on Sundays, 
we now have House of the Dragon, the um, uh, Game of Thrones spinoff prequel series, starring um, why can't I remember his name? Matt. Matt Smith. Matt Smith. I want to say Matt Stone. I was like, that's not right. That he was the twelfth Doctor. No, he was the eleventh Doctor. The eleventh, my bad. Capaldi was the twelfth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Uh, yeah. So I'm excited. I'm. I'm I, that's the thing. Is like, yeah. Was the finale of the main show a little too quick in regards to how it told the story? Absolutely. It could have gone another five seasons. Oh well. I still really like Game of Thrones. Like it's a fun world to exist in. So hopefully the show is, you know, I guess redeems it a little bit for people and you know succeeds. But we'll see. We will see. Um, so yeah, we're gonna be watching the first episode of that. Uh, make sure you follow us on socials listed down below. That's what we'll update you if we add anything. We might add a movie. Who the fuck knows? Things come out that we're not expecting or that we forgot about. So, you know, that happens. And we'll try our damn best to tell you guys we're bad about it. So apologies. But um, if we if we do update you guys on anything, that's where you'll find it is on all the socials. Uh, check out the Teespring store if you need uh, a, a shirt or a hoodie. I think it has hoodies. I think we talked mm -hmm. about that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, or you want to, you want to, you know, a, a mug or a pint glass. Or you just want some stickers to throw on like. I don't know, uh, your, your locker at work and, you know, people are like, what's that? And you're like, Oh, it's this podcast I listen to. Um, you know, that's, that's how stickers work. Or you have one of these and you're like, I need a sticker on it, which I should have done before I stopped working. It had money. Anyway, uh, that's a whole nother can of worms to not open up right now. But yeah. Um, the, the reason I say this is all the proceeds from those sales go directly into to making this podcast better. Uh, if you want to watch the live broadcast of this episode, uh, check that out over on the YouTube channel. Um, since I have some extra time, I should probably do some, uh, quickie reviews over there. Uh, but yeah, that's how the whole thing goes. Go subscribe to that. If you are looking for more podcasts to listen to you, you're on your commute and you're like, man, I've listened to all the podcasts I really listen to. Um, before you head off to work, go to over the Nirvana Network. There are a ton of shows over there to listen to. A lot of very entertaining podcasts to listen to. Um, what I'd love to do with them one day, I think I've talked about this, Maya, is like figure out a way for us all to record uh, an ad for our own individual podcasts. That way we can splice it into each other's podcasts to help promote. Well, uh Ernie, one of the hosts of uh, Under the Mat, uh, he actually linked our audio from our Netflix, or Netflix, our YouTube trailer uh, into his. I mean, so, we have we have breaks between episodes or shows. That yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's something we need to get on there and discuss. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we can talk about that more offline. Yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm briefly mentioning it. Um, but yeah, if you wanna if you wanna head over there and check out all the podcasts that uh, exist through that network, the link is down below. Uh, that's all the notes I have. Maya, where can folks find you? You can find me online under my Facebook and uh, on Facebook under my name Maya Don Fisher. That's uh, a public profile which has my Twitter and Instagram accounts linked to it. Uh, so it's your one-stop shop for everything that I'm up to. What about you, Greg? Where can people find you? Uh, you can follow me under Chub Rock Geek at all socials or under all socials, whatever. Um, I need to do some solo reviews on the YouTube channel, which I'm going to, I'm going to try to record here soon. So if that's, you know, if you want to see what I thought about some show that came out, that's where you find that. Uh, I'll probably do a review of the uh, South Park concert. Hey, there you go. Uh, but yeah, that's it again, guys. Uh, She Hulk episode two, House of Dragon episode one. I think those will be the two things that we'll have consistently for at least eight weeks. At least eight weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we'll got and and then we'll get Andor right after She Hulk. Um, but uh, that's 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 a conversation for another day, guys. Thank you so much for listening, and always remember: fuck the GOP, fuck the NRA. Donate and help while you can. And we'll see you next week. 
Take care, everybody.